Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to the weekend update. If you're listening to this episode right when it came out, it's Saturday. And what we like to do on Saturdays is still work. A lot of us work six days and rest one. Hey, good enough for God, good enough for us. That's the way he created the whole universe, right? So we're working on a Saturday, sure, but why not take along a great update, a podcast episode that we've gone back and reviewed from maybe two weeks, six weeks, six months ago. We've got hundreds of great interviews. So what we do on the weekends is we go back, we find those great episodes that maybe slipped past your radar or some of those great insights and tips and strategies from some of the successful students and just kind of break it down into little easily digested nuggets for your weekend update. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to dive into that in just a moment after I make a couple of announcements. First, if you haven't got a free copy yet of the brand new, all new, our 11th update of the Silent Sales Machine book, this is the book that started this podcast. It started our community, the 73,000 members of our free Facebook group, our incredible events. It all started because I sat down about 20 years ago and wrote a book over a weekend. It was actually just a PDF report at the time. And it took off. And it started this incredible movement that is now thousands of business building warriors all over the world. It wasn't because of anything that I did. I was just making some observations and sharing what others had taught me. I kind of compiled the information into one place with the premise of, hey, you can use the internet to grow the business of your dreams. And here's the rules I'm kind of discovering. Here's some of the things you should avoid I was discovering. And there's a group of us. We just kind of compiled this information and kept learning new things. Well, I've updated it. And the 11th update is now available. All the stuff you should avoid, the legitimate opportunities that are available to you, the mindset that's required in order to tackle these opportunities, a lot of very specific strategic advice on using the internet to launch and grow the business of your dreams, multiple income streams, using the internet creatively. That's the book. So go to silentsalesmachine.com and you can see more about it. Or you can text the word free, that's F-R-E-E, to this phone number. It'll be in the show notes as well today. The phone number is 507-800-0090. Now, if you happen to live outside the United States or Canada, that might not work for you. So just email our support team. There's a link at silentgym.com and say, hey, heard Jim make that free offer. Assuming the free offer is still around, which it will expire at some point. But now as we're launching the book, we wanted to give it away for free. That's a great opportunity for you. So there's that. And I also want to remind you, if you're new around here, this podcast is the supporting podcast for the leading Amazon seller training in the industry. I'm talking about the Proven Amazon course at provenamazoncourse.com. It's the longest running Amazon seller training in the industry with more success stories than any other, a bigger support team. There's about a hundred of us that support that course. All kinds of creative modules for every level of Amazon seller experience. If if you know nothing about Amazon, you know nothing about e-commerce, we got you. If you've already got a $50,000, $100,000, a million dollar a month business, there's ideas in there I guarantee you have never been exposed to that could improve your business. So for $39 a month, RubenAmazonCourse.com gets you a library of content that grows with you. We believe in -in just-in-time education, which means right when you need it, we got that next thing that you need, and it's in there. And then we've got our free Facebook group support community at silentgym.com that's there to help you as well if you want to check that out. So that's the introduction for this weekend update. Let's go find out what the team has put together for us today. Enjoy this episode. We'll have brand new episodes for you starting at the beginning of the week, so don't miss those. Hey, have a great weekend. God bless you, warrior. Let's jump into the content. So hey, guys, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Looking forward to getting into your story, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Good to have you here. Thank you. So Elizabeth, Thank how about we start us. with you? Hey, it's my pleasure. Yeah, sure. So I first started very briefly into e-commerce and I want to say it was probably 1999 or 2000. I did a little bit of eBay, was selling silver dollars on eBay. And it was back when like People had to send me a check, you know, so it was a long time ago. And I did that probably for about six months and then stopped. Okay. And then in 
2020, the end of 2020, a friend of mine was selling used books. He was just starting to sell used books. So he told me about that. So in uh, January 2021, I started doing used books. I was going to Goodwill, scanning all the books. I was doing a 100 books a week challenge and just sending in as many books as I could. And then I think it was like around March or April, there was like a storage, like they were increasing the long-term storage fees or something yes. like I that at Amazon. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We were calling it like the storage apocalypse. And right. I was, I was brand new and it scared me because I'm like, I can't recall all these books. What am I going to do? So I started searching on the internet and I found RA. And so I was like, okay, so March, 2021, I transitioned to RA. So most of 2021, I was kind of transitioning to RA and just trying to get my books out of there because I didn't want to pay the long-term storage fee and I didn't want to recall them. And then I found Silent Sales Machine in, I want to say, I think it was about March or April of 2022. Um, It was through another seller who told me about you guys. And um, so I joined PAC, really liked it. And I actually ended up going to the conference last year Oh, cool! in Kentucky. Yeah. yeah that was, so that was my first one. So that was in July. I started coaching, RA coaching in August of 2022. I did six sessions with that. And then we you know, met Nicole through that time and we started wanting to transition to bundles. So in December of 2022, I contacted Nathan Bailey at Humminbird and we got that ball rolling. He switched my coaching to bundle coaching with Leanna and him. And um, I got my trademark going through Humminbird and I have five bundles going and working on my sixth. So that's where I am today. Well, Nicole, fill us in on uh, anything that's been left out so far from uh, from her story and your own background on getting into e-commerce as well. And then we'll, we'll go forward from there. Sounds great. So I got started right about the same time Elizabeth did. Ironically, we have a lot of similarities in our businesses and how we started, although I didn't start with books. How I got introduced to e-commerce was actually through a friend of mine who had been selling on Amazon and eBay for about 10 years. And she's done very, very well. She has a different business model, though, and she partners with MLM companies, and she's been able to do really well with that model. But she had kind of encouraged me to consider Amazon and, you know, look into it. And it was March of 21 at that point. And I had just left my position at the hospital. I'm a former speech language pathologist, right, you know, smack dab in the middle of COVID and it was chaotic. And I just knew it was my time to transition elsewhere. And so having my friend that was in the Amazon world, she really encouraged me to start looking into it and watching YouTube and learning from other sellers. And so that's what I did. I dove right into YouTube and and you find a lot on YouTube that isn't necessarily the best. It can kind of reel you in with all of these hook, line, and sinkers. And, and, you know, I was quickly sold, but I think what legitimized it for me was having someone who had done it, who had been in the Amazon e-commerce world. And I knew she was very successful. She's a multi-million dollar seller, so she does really well. But I knew that that wasn't going to be my model. So I started kind of learning about retail arbitrage. I knew that you know, going into stores and shopping. I love to shop. I knew that I could probably figure that out and make it work. And so I did, I went in and I was doing, you know, kind of the hunt and peck model where you're scanning and you're looking and combing all of the, yeah, yes, yes. Combing the clearance aisles and just trying to find anything you could. So I did that for most of 2021, actually. That's really the model that I went after. And I hit a good amount of success in my first year. Um, Within about six and a half months, I hit my six-figure mark in sales. And so that really was like, wow, this this can work. There's something Um, here. Yeah. 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 That's pretty impressive. Within six months, you had $100,000 of total sales. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And there's decent margins in that too. It's total hustle mode. 
to do that. Yes. Right? Yes. That, that's pretty impressive. Well done. It just shows what's possible. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I think that gave me the confidence to keep going and keep building. Mm-hmm. And um, once I hit that mark, it was kind of like a milestone I knew I wanted to achieve and I looked forward to hitting, but I knew there needed to be more to keep it sustainable and to, you know, have it really as an income. Mm-hmm. So I I continued on and and ironically, right when I hit that six-figure mark, I ended up coming down with COVID that October. Mm. So I was fine. It was no big deal. But, you know, I have three children and as a mom and the holidays, it's busy. So I had to come out of the COVID sickness stuff and start focusing on, oh my goodness, I have to prepare for Thanksgiving and buying Christmas gifts. And so my first Q4 wasn't great. It was rather disappointing because I had such high hopes, but it's okay. I After Q4 ended and I started 2022, I began to kind of rebuild. So I, I transitioned a little more into online arbitrage at that point and tried that model in addition to RA. And um, it wasn't until the end of 2022 that I really learned about your community and the pack. And it was through my relationship with Elizabeth and some other sellers. And they talked about how great the community was. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how have I been selling so long and had never known about this? But it was a testimony to your group and what you've given back to this community that you have such a large following and people want to tell others about it. And it was pretty amazing to me that, you know, Elizabeth had gone through her experience and she had this coaching and it was a whole new world for me. I didn't even know coaching existed. Right. So, yeah. yeah. A great background. Yeah. And thank you. By the way, if you, if you didn't know, maybe some of the listeners don't know if you do, that we've never done any advertising. Word of mouth is literally the only way we've grown this community. Uh, we've been doing this 20 years. It's pretty incredible. But we keep it talking is. about doing some paid marketing, but good people keep kind of wandering in based on referrals. And that's how we've grown. Uh, just uh, a network of people helping each other grow each other's businesses is really what the community is. That's uh, especially the free Facebook group. And it's just such a powerhouse of good content and info. I benefit from it every day myself, learning new things. So appreciate yeah. the kudos for that. So you guys got connected at what point in, this, in 2022? I mean, not that long ago. Um, you guys mm-hmm. started working together. So you still maintain your own separate businesses. Right. You're doing yeah, this we... kind of a cooperative partnership sort of thing. How does that work? So, you know, speak to that a little bit. Because uh, I, I think some other people might be curious, like, wait, aren't we all competitors? And no, we talk all the time around here. Like, <laughs> we are not a community of competitors. We're doing this together. You know, there's. it's probably not prudent to publish your entire list of the exact items you sell in our group, obviously. But... Right. That's kind of public information at the same time. If you get on search for sellers and see what they're selling and see what you can learn from their stores, it's not like it's all a big secret. So how have you guys navigated that partnership? Either one of you, I'm just kind of curious. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we met through... There was another mutual gal who kind of started this little mastermind and it was six gals of us at first and it eventually whittled down to Nicole, me, and there's this other gal, Carrie, who we're really good friends with. And we just, that was in like October of 2022. And we've just been, we talk every day on Marco Polo and we actually, Nicole and I, yeah, Nicole and I met at the conference this year for the first time in person. Uh, But just a few weeks ago in Columbus, here we are July 2023. Yeah. Yeah, So just just a couple of weeks. Yes. Yep. So it was, um, that was the relationships I cannot speak to enough, you know, and it's like, I feel like, not only a business relationship, but a lifelong friendship that I'll have with Nicole and our other friend, Carrie. So yeah, you want to speak, Nicole, as far as like how we navigate our business part? So I want to reiterate what Elizabeth said, that really the success of your business is who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. I am a firm believer in me gaining the knowledge I have, not from my own doing. It's really from everyone else teaching me and me being willing to share with other people as well. And that's the beauty of our partnership is that we, I don't see us as competitors. I see us as partners. We are interested in helping each other be successful and improve. And we share 
almost everything. There's nothing off topic with us. We know each other's, you know, Amazon store names. We know our brand names. We, we share leads together. It's really been wonderful. And I think that's the beauty of the proven conference in general. One of the biggest things for me that I took away was how many people you really can build relationships with who want you to succeed. Right. And that comes from a genuine place. And Elizabeth and I and Carrie, the three of us, uh, that's our goal is to help each other succeed. And we've navigated a, a couple of challenges along the way because originally we thought we could partner the three of us and build one brand together with Nathan Bailey's help through Humminbird. But it ended up being better that we all brand registered separately and, and it has worked out beautifully. So uh, we're thankful that we can partner together and really help each other build our businesses further. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that decision as well, I would say, because, you know, I think it's a Dave Ramsey quote, the only kind of ship that won't sail is a partnership. And and I know what he means by that. You can't do business alone, obviously. None of us should. And this word partner means different things to different people at different times, right? But just that camaraderie, uh, tapping into the synergy of having other people that see what you're doing without having some legal document that forever binds you together you know, and that has to be someday, you know, shredded because it just something doesn't work out. You know, um, you have you know, divorces and health situations and kids that go crazy and need your time. You know, they make bad decisions and now your life is all about taking care of a sick, you know, in law or something. Yeah. Those kind of lines of separation really are kind of a nice thing. Okay. This is mm-hmm. my business. I'm going to, I'm going to help my partner but that's their business. And this community is full of those kind of arrangements like you just described, where you've got your business, it's yours, it's under your name, but someone else is in under the hood all day, every day with you, helping you and you're helping them. And that synergy again, you know, it's like that old analogy. uh, If, if you got a horse that can pull a thousand pounds and another horse that can pull a thousand pounds together, they can pull like 4,000. I think they can do No, together. They pull four. Business is built that way. That synergy effect really kicks in. Uh, so I think you guys, it sounds like you've both benefited from that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nicole, just a shout out to Nicole is, you know, I needed a product and where she lives, we're in different states and where she lives, she was able to get it. So she went and purchased it for me and shipped it to me and slapped your legs on it. Yeah, I don't know what I would have done. That's awesome. She shipped it to my house. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Either way, you know, and I have we hear of other families. You know, they've employed uh, friends and family around the country. They send Mm -hmm. in the supplies. I'm like, hey, go to this store, buy these items. I'll pay you for your time, right? So your network becomes. And I I love how you just said it, Nicole. Your the people you surround yourself with that is your business Mm -hmm. success. I completely agree. Having watched this for a long period of time. Like that old Jim Rohn, you show me the people you're hanging out with and the content you're consuming, I'll tell you your future. It's not rocket science. So yeah, you guys have figured that out. So let's dive into, uh, I know you guys kind of went from books and coins and eBay to kind of the treasure hunt model. For those who don't know what we're talking about there, retail arbitrage. You can make decent money, as Nicole already, you mentioned. You sold $100,000 worth of product in about six months, just looking for deals on the shelf. Now that's hustle mode. I don't recommend you do that very long. It's a tough way to make a living. It's not scalable, but it can kind of prove the concept. We like the replens model where you're buying stuff that's easily sourced. You can sell it over and over again. Anytime you need more, you just you go to the store and you get more of whatever it is, online or retail. Uh, but you guys moved from that very quickly into bundles, it sounds like. Is that the bulk of your business now for both of you? Not yet. But that's the goal. Getting there. Okay. Well, break that down a little bit for me for each of you. And you know, whoever wants to go again, just you know, how much is replens versus traditional RA OA? How much is bundles? Like what's it look like? I would say I am probably 60% OA, 40% RA. I have five bundles that I've launched since the end of May. I'm working on my sixth one right now. So yeah, I'm really new in, with that. Okay, just um, a few months into bundles then. Just a few months in, but gotcha. really ready to ramp that one up. Nice. Okay. Now about you, Nicole? I would say I'm about 70% RA right now. I do have several replens coming from area retailers, and I've been able to develop relationships with the store managers. And so they, you know, they know I'm coming in and they'll set things aside for me. And that's been fantastic. 
And then I do- Are those smaller retail? 20... Sorry to interrupt. Are those like smaller retail, sort of regional retail? Or are these like chains? Um, this chain? one, uh, the one of my biggest suppliers is a regional retail chain, but it's specific to the Midwest. Gotcha. So, yeah. Just yes. to give people an idea of what's possible. It's not a locally mom and pop, only one stop store. It's a chain, regional. Correct. Still building yes. relationships with managers. I always like to emphasize that. So sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. That's okay. No problem. And then I have about 20% OA and 10% wholesale. Gotcha. Okay. So you're doing some wholesale in the mix as well. And would you consider yes. your businesses replens or are you still doing some of the treasure hunt model? Mostly replens, but I do still do. You know, if I go in, it's hard not to say, oh, this is a fantastic deal. I'm going right. to buy it. It's, the treasure hunt model is fun, it but is. like you said, it's not sustainable and it's not scalable. So I do still like to, you know, find those little nuggets here and there. And, and those are great, but yeah, I do have a lot of replens. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. And how about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah I have a lot hunt? of, I have a lot of replens, but I do. I would say the OA is more the treasure hunt. Gotcha. Or, or some people might call them sale plans. Yeah. <laughs> if you've heard that. that phrase. Yep. Sale yeah. plans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going to be able to go back and get more later, but you can certainly uh, take advantage of, I call it, you know, no need to, no reason to walk past the $20 bill sitting on the shelf. Go That's ahead right. And right. right. And when you start learning certain places have certain sales, however many times a year. Mm hmm. Nice steady rotation. You can just work the same cycle. We have people yep, yes. that work just one retail store and wow. just hit the sales cycle on that one retail store and they know the sales cycle and that's their business. And I would argue that's kind of a replant. It's just you can only buy it during certain periods of time. Right. Correct. Yeah. So the, the strict definition of a replant is I can go get more anytime I need to pay full <laughs> retail price and still come away doing well. But those sale plans, I like that term. Someone actually used that. I recorded a podcast episode yesterday that hasn't been published yet. Someone used that exact same term. So I'm starting to think, <laughs> yeah, this is a term that's going to catch on in our community. Uh, yeah, there's no reason to shy away from those. Uh, just we, we like the boring. The more boring the model, the better. If I can teach right. someone. And one of the bragging points on my team, for example, is I can teach someone to be a shopper on our team in 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, here's a link that's to nice. the spreadsheet. Yeah. If the stores and the products go buy them. You're trained. Yeah. <laughs> Track yes. your time, drop it off here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. You know, uh, so that's simple, boring, repeat. You know, we run out of something, we go buy more of it. You don't have to track right. oh, is it on sale or not. And, uh, you right. know, just that's a little extra level of complexity that easily absorbed as you grow for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Well, what else? Tell me more about your bundles. I'm kind of curious. I'd like to hear more about the, uh, how that's going, how that came about, how you got your ideas. And um, it sounds like it's kind of in its infancy though for now. So I'm not sure if there's many monetary results to report yet, but I'd love to hear you know, what it looks like. So I heard, it wasn't a podcast. It was Leanna and Nathan. They were talking about, it was the, um, the whole generic issue. When that was right. the big thing, you know, everyone's like, don't sell on generic anymore because they're taking down the generic listings. And I had this one replan that I loved. It was so great. And it got taken down because it was a generic. Mm. And then I heard Leanna and Nathan on that, whatever it was, it was some kind of Facebook Live or something where they were talking about this. And then they started talking about branded bundles. And I can't remember which one said, it was like, take that generic listing that has been taken down and make a bundle out of it. And I said, there's my first bundle. Absolutely. That's what I want to do. So I contacted Nathan at Humminbird and I got that rolling. And then I started talking to Leanna and told her my idea. And so she helped me figure out ideas with, you know, a unique item and that kind of stuff. And um, it took a long time to get it to launch. It took, it took a few months for me to get it to launch, but so it is, it's in its infancy and um I have a good profit margin on it and I'm getting some organic sales on it. And so, you know, I'm going to start learning about some other strategies, PPC and that kind of stuff. So yeah. Throw a little advertising money at it, perhaps give it a little boost. Yep. But yeah, yep. that's great. We had it. Yeah, we do have, there was a, I think it was probably that GTIN issue. Yes. G10, yes. right. When everyone was freaking out. Oh no, Amazon's pulling down all the multi-packs. Well, yes. <laughs> you, you, you pulled down any of your good listings. Make a bundle out of that. 
Get yep. it back up there and you'll be the only seller instead of one of a you know good number of sellers. We've had a lot of people take advantage of that. Uh, it, you know, There's so many opportunities. Anytime there's opposition, it's an opportunity. Every single time there's a challenge, there's opportunity in that because it's going to scare away some people. And those of us who kind of step back and go, wait, okay, the game just changed for all of us. What? How can we take advantage of these new rules? What new right. opportunity has been created here? And it was certainly the chance to jump into bundles. And I want to make sure I mention inside the Proven Amazon course, I'm sure you guys have probably been made aware of this, but for the listeners, the Proven Brand Building course is a module that's included. And it talks about creating your own bundle and getting into And we've actually got some brand new bundle content coming as well from Nathan and Leanna, who you've mentioned, that's mm-hmm. uh, due out soon. So yeah, some great yeah, bundle content already created and some new content coming for sure as well. Yeah. So how are those sales going for you? Though Elizabeth, what's the uh, what's the numbers looking like? And like any given week, how many have you sold? That's only a couple months ago, but sometimes it takes a little time to ramp these up. But how is it going? It, it's going. I would say it's going good. I'm ranking. I'm indexing. You know all these terms that I'm learning. So it's going. It's going good. I actually do have one bundle. This second bundle that I made is really taken off, and I have a wholesale account with that one. And my the supplier is out of stock. So I keep raising my price because I I don't want people to order it so much. And I'm getting like one order a day still, even at a really high price. You're trying not to run out of stock so you don't don't lose your rank. Exactly. Yeah. I think I only have seven left. And so the gal I talked to at the company, she, um, she said at the beginning of August, we should be good to go. So I will drive to go pick this up. It's going to be a three and a half hour drive, but I have to get this in stock. Wow. Yeah. Because it's concerning because <laughs> I don't want my listing to As soon die. as you get your hands on it, list it merchant fulfilled, right? <laughs> it's good to go, guys. We're in stock again. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. And yep. then send a few in. That's great. So you're the only one on the listing. It's your under yep. your brand. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's as good as having your own private label product, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, Nicole mentioned earlier on, you know, one of the multi-million dollar big offers she saw on YouTube is like, get into private label. We're going to help you find your own product. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a yeah. tens of thousands of dollars, nine month to year long journey that 95% of the time does not work out, especially if you're a new seller. So why not do the approach that you're talking about here, where you go to uh, a listing that you know is selling and you create a unique bundle around that brand under your brand. No one else can sell it. Hey, you got a private label product. You didn't have to invent or import anything. So that's how we kind of ease people into the concept of having your own product on Amazon is these, these bundles, these branded bundles. So well done. I love it. Thank you. Well, what else can you tell me uh, about your businesses? You know, just help me fill in some more details or any numbers that you're willing to share, either one of you, just to get people a point of reference about the the size of your business and how it's going and maybe dive into some of the net margins and that sort of thing. Either one of you uh, prepared to share some of that? Sure. You want to go, Nicole? So um, in 2021, I ended that year with a net margin of 25%. And, you know, it's interesting because I had this assumption that Oh, I'll I'll have this margin and I'll be able to maintain that margin. Well, what I learned through this process is that as you grow, of course, there go your expenses, right? You have additional things you're paying for, maybe additional apps or, you know, subscriptions or adding a VA or a prep center, which I've done all of the above. And um, what I didn't realize was that in order to maintain or increase that margin, you would need to then increase volumes significantly. And that's one thing that I learned through this. Into 2022, I started with a VA. It was probably about mid-year and added a prep center at the end. So I finished 2022 at 19% net margin. And right now I'm sitting right about 18%. So, you know, still fine net margins. It's just, it's funny when you have that burst at the beginning and, you know, I didn't have a lot of additional expenses that really um, would cut into that now more than it did before. So things are going well. I'm excited about the bundles. And as you mentioned, Jim, I think it's important for people to know that if anyone has any interest in doing something on their own, with their own listing that they've created, branded bundles is is really a wonderful way to go because um, you have a lot more 
control than you do on listing on others' listings that they've created. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited to see where the bundles takes me and and we'll go even further, hopefully to the moon after this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're on a great trajectory and and you guys have accomplished a lot. So yeah, how, how about you, Elizabeth? What's uh, what's the business look like for you? So I, you know, I'm a one man show. I have not done a prep center or anything like that. And I'm, I think I'm maxed out. If I focus on my bundles, you know, I got to do research and I got to do, you know, all the things that you have to do to launch a new bundle, then I can't source as much. And then if I prep, then I can't source as much. So I'm at, you know, I cannot crack 25 to 30,000 a month in sales on my own. So that is where I'm at. And my biggest challenge is I got to figure out which, what to outsource first. Gotcha. Are you doing all your research for your own ASIN still? I assume Mm -hmm. because you're a one man show. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you committing a significant amount of time to still finding those new replan ASINs as you're entering this new season? I try, but that's so that if I focus on the bundles, I feel like my sourcing goes down, which makes my sales go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're at that point where it truly is as as a one man operation, 25 to 30,000. It does it. That's and you're wearing all the hats. That's going full, full speed. You know, I mean, it's a a good income. It's a, it beats having a real job for sure. It's flexible and all the other benefits, but to break to that next level, typically what I suggest is you need someone else finding ASINs. For okay. finding good winning replans. That's your first hire. Okay. Some people, like including Jimmy Smith, you know, he says, ah, it's time to get someone to do some of the dirty work, the tape, putting tape on boxes and that sort of thing. And I know I'm okay with that advice. Just you don't want to eat so much into your margin, right? Like Nicole mentioned, as you start bringing people and tools yeah. to help automate your systems, that that's expense, that's money out of your pocket. So I like to see right. that first hire be someone that's putting more money in your pocket. Now you've okay. got some margin to play with without taking a hit in your total income, you got some extra income to spend on that person. They're kind of paying for themselves, if you will. Right. With with yeah. real revenue. So mm-hmm. they're finding ASINs with you and for you, which typically that's going to be a virtual assistant. It could be a family member, someone that's willing to work mm-hmm. for a few dollars an hour that you show the system. But it's nice to, to kind of leverage the the virtual assistant opportunities that are available to us in places like the Philippines, where three, four dollars an hour is a fantastic hourly wage, three to four times yeah. more than the average hourly wage on the island. And you get one of them trained and going at it hard using the training and systems that you've come to use as your own, uh, mm-hmm. looking for new ASINs for you. Now you're waking up each day, you've got a good handful of ASINs to review. It saved you several hours and they're generating revenue for you. That's typically the first hire I like to see people make. Um, okay. You're adding revenue and you're leveraging in this three, four dollar an hour worker. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that just doesn't cost a lot of money. And you can reward yeah. them and and change their life with with that amount of money. I met at our conference here just a couple of weeks ago where you guys were at. I met a doctor who is going to be working in the Philippines, fully trained through university, <laughs> westernized medicine, university, modern medicine for $5 an hour. That was going to be their starting salary in the Philippines. Wow. So they were building an Amazon business to enhance and add wow. to and make more money. Isn't that incredible? Wow. That is yeah. yeah. perspective. Because when you say 3 yeah. or $4 an hour, some people are like, oh, wow, that's, that's slave labor. Like, no, that's actually one of the best jobs you can get on the island. And that money goes very far. It, wow. It right. It's like... You know, seven to eight times that amount of money per hour. Right. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. perspective. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's a good leverage point. You know, yeah. You talk about leverage points where you give a little bit of effort and you get a lot of result. Like that mm-hmm. is an under recognized leverage point for all of us in e commerce. Having someone else do the repetitive work, they would love to do the repetitive work where many of them are unemployed or they're working for a dollar an hour. Yeah. You know? And highly, you know, typically on the island, they speak English well. They're very well trained, very fluent. They love working for American-based companies. They love the U.S. dollar. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good arrangement. I met uh, someone I interviewed on the episode here not too long ago that was doing the same thing with Vietnam because they had connections there. Very similar mm-hmm. economic. There's a gap there, so the U.S. dollar really goes far still, thankfully, in many places of the world. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. my advice for your first time. Okay. Thank you. 
That's great. That's great. I think, you know, ultimately, Elizabeth and I are in a, a very similar spot as far as having so many things on our plate with not a lot of time. I mean, we all only have 24 hours in the day, but we're not working 24 hours a day. Then you're sleeping part of the day and you're taking your care of your family part of the day and your yep. spouse. And it's a lot. And I think that's really good advice, Jim. I appreciate hearing you say that adding someone who can provide the value to your business in looking for more ASINs. That mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think for me particularly, I'm hoping that I can find someone that will maybe even source wholesale leads for me, both wholesale accounts. And then once I've applied for those accounts, then sourcing their catalog, because the wholesale accounts I have, their catalogs are massive and it's hard to get through all of those products. Yeah. Two thoughts. One is they're not going to be any better at it than you are because you're going to be the primary one training them. And we've had some success training VAs for people, but we've kind of paused that because we're starting to notice some unhealthy trends with it uh-huh. uh, where we were expected to do all the heavy lifting and I want to fully train, work 24 hours a day, provide me 30 great ASINs a day. And they didn't even know what a great ASIN was themselves. And they were asking for this. Like, no, you need to know yourself. You need to have your own processes and systems based on the proven Amazon course system. Right. There's dozens of ways to find winning replants, but which ways do you use? We've, I think it's my theory has come, become now, it's far more powerful to have someone that's been trained to do it the way you do it yourself. And they've right. learned your systems. They've using your tools. There, there's no one size fits all strategy here. Um, so that's the first thought. And the other is, I think you should check out the proven bot sourcing content. Okay. Because yeah. if you're scraping through some fairly large wholesalers that you've built a relationship with, man, there's some really good stuff there for scraping through large databases and and kind of automating and systemizing that. Even some of the tactical arbitrage training from the oasimplified.com module. That's a uh-huh. module. Both, you know, my, that's a module in the proven Amazon course. The proven bot isn't. It's separate. I'll stick links to both in the show notes if anyone's confused. But just getting a little better at scraping those large databases is time well spent. Uh, for you for sure. But those scrapes, just keep in mind, it still requires manual research because the scrapes are just looking for exact matches. Right. And we both know that the keyword and the dig into page two and three is where a lot of the good stuff is. And you yeah, that's, that's a manual process. Uh-huh. But the proven by sourcing is introducing some tools that really help speed up that manual process. So you put that into the hands of a good virtual assistant and it's a pretty straightforward gig for them to pound through large lists of potential winning products. And that's what my team does. We've got our hands on a, a handful of databases that we just kind of scrape through and then go back and scrape through again because everything's changed by the time we get from top to bottom, new products and new pricing and new uh, you know, new categories even. So that's that can really fuel your entire replant effort. One good okay. VA. So a couple thoughts for you on that. Um, Yep. Get in there. And there's lots of great conversations in our Facebook group on how people are finding DAs, where they're finding them. And even, I think there's even some standard operating procedures. I know for a fact, there's a course inside the proven Amazon course on how to hire a VA. Where do I go to look? What do I do? One of the Mm -hmm. things you're going to notice when you go and put a job on one of these job boards, and there's a bunch of them, and I don't have necessarily a preference. I've used several, but you put out a job, you, you could get 400 responses. It's like, what right. what do I do with this? <laughs> so just yeah. a little tip. One of the things I've always done is I put most of my instruction in a little video, like I'll record a screen capture video with instructions. Like, this is what the project will involve. Here's what kind of response I'd like to hear back from you. And I want that. And this is what I always say at the end of the video, I'll say something like the first line of your response back to me must be, I like purple monkeys or something ridiculous, right? <laughs> And so as I'm filtering through these 400 applications, only 10% of them are people who understood the way I speak and communicate English. Hey, that's kind of nice to know that because they put that line at the top and they paid attention to detail. So the other 90% are instantly eliminated, right? So now I've got my list of 40 or 20 that I can Mm -hmm. reach out to and know like, okay, they paid attention to detail. They watched the whole video. They understand when I speak English, which is important because I'm going to be communicating to them with little video clips as I train them, right? So we know right. we can communicate now. So this is one little tip like that. And so those kind of strategies, there's a little mini course inside the Proven Amazon course that talks about that and some other tips as well, hiring a VA. 
Uh, but it, it's not rocket science. I mean, remember, you're not paying them $50 an hour. You're paying them three right. or four. It's like, yeah. come on, let's, let's try three or four of them out and see how it goes, you know? Uh, see which right. one's on top. It's, uh, it, and then you can really change their life and they'll just love working for you. So yeah, I'm excited. I think that's, that is a next obvious next step for both of you, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I think I see we both, we talk about it all the time, don't we, Elizabeth? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're strategizing. What do we do yeah. next? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to go this route or that route? And, and that's really great that we have each other to brainstorm and talk about things and, We'll see where it takes us, but I do I do agree with you, Jim, that adding that manpower is essential to really get to that next level because the time is difficult, you know, so having so much on your plate with so little time, it's only so much one person can do. So yeah, yeah, well, it really starts to tip in your favor. Once you get that first person hired and they're bringing in more revenue, you're like, okay, I'm making a little more money now. I'm spending less time to make more money. I think the next thing I'm going to let go is putting tape on boxes, right? Bring someone in. You can open up your garage or find a neighbor who has some extra space in their garage, or, you know, maybe there's a prep center near you or something. But I like to see that kind of, rather than committing all in on a prep center, I like to kind of phase into it, find some local solutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of you said you're using a prep center, but that was you, Nicole, right? Yes, yes, yep. Are you all in on the prep center or what percentage? Well, so this is, it's kind of ironic how it happened. I I started with the prep center at the mid to end of 2022. And then when I started moving into more branded bundles, I, and I saw my numbers and I was like, gosh, I really need to scale more than what I did to Mm -hmm. justify that added expense. So I kind of pulled back and, you know, I'm right now, my husband's doing a lot of the prep. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, when I'm ready to put the gas on again, I'll reinvest in that. But yeah. right now I, I'm seeing, you know, with my branded bundles, a lot of my time at the beginning of 23 was trying to learn the bundles, understand brand registry, investigate which items I wanted to bundle. So I've seen a lot of videos with, you know, different recommendations on whether you have a prep center or not. But right now I'm I'm not quite justifying the expense just yet again. So sure, I got I understand fully. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it doesn't make sense. There's some very big players in our community doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month and they do their own prep and they, they like yeah. it that way. They've run the numbers and they'd rather have their own place with their own workers coming in, handling their product. Just makes more sense for them. And we have other people that just swear by the hands free. I don't want to, I don't want to need anything, but my laptop, I own no lease on property. I've got no employees. I've outsourced everything. I just make sure that my inventory is profitable enough that I can justify the extra expenses of having prep center, have someone else doing the light work. Right. Right. So, you know, it's to each his own. Uh, but for both of you, you're trying to free up some of your time. So I think a lot of times that is the next step. It doesn't have to be a full prep center. It can be someone, like I said, coming to your house picking up the supplies they need once a week and all the inventory, loading it up in their big van, some homeschool family, and like, hey, this is an extra couple hundred bucks a week for us guys. Let's do this as a family. Like those kind of arrangements are out there where you could just kind of offload it and you do the math and like, wow, okay, I'm I'm freeing up a lot of my time for a dollar a unit. That makes sense. And uh, so you pull the trigger and now you've got more free time to work on your business instead of being buried in it constantly. Right. Right. Which is, yes. I think that that's how you get from 30 to 60 a month or to 80 a month. You actually work less going from 30 to 60 a month, thousand dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. You, the hardest work you'll ever do is the the zero to five thousand. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that you've got your yeah. systems and you're like, well, okay, if I put in more time, I make more money. And I put you put in as much time as you can and you kind of start to cap out around 30 mm-hmm. or so. Like, well, I can't work any harder. What yep. am I going to do? Well, you add more people in. You work, you're not working anywhere near as hard and you're making more money. It's the power of synergy and team and all right, freeing up your time to be more creative. Yes. Get into new, try to snap on new streams of income to what's already established. Uh, so that's the, right. that's the path you guys are on. I love that you're doing it together as well. That's, that's so great. Well, what other topics do you guys have? Is anything come to mind? Anything else we could dive into that you think might be relevant for the listeners or more, maybe more of your story? 
I would just say, um, if I could give some tips on anything, I, I started to kind of go down that path when discussing the prep center. The biggest thing I would recommend anybody does, and this is just from my experience, it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's everyone's experience, is when you're ready for that prep center, be ready to also then increase volume at the same time. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because you're parting with that extra profit. But if you don't increase the volume, you're either staying steady or you're going down, obviously, in your profit. Right. So that's the mistake that I made. I, I went in with the prep center and it was great. And I was still profitable in my business, but I didn't amp up the volume to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. And so be ready to increase your volume significantly once you have your prep center on board. And, and Nicole, that illustrates beautifully the reason that I the classic advice I give to people when they say, okay, what's the first person I should hire? Well, you kind of hired a prep center. Like you felt the sting of that drop in revenue and net margin, basically. That's why I say, okay, the first hire, let's make it one of the harder hires you're going to make, but it's going to bring more revenue instead of taking revenue out. And now if you can get that first one right, and you can even do it again. Once you've hired one VA, hey, why not hire another one? Yeah, let's get to, I had, I interviewed a guy last week. He's got 35 virtual assistants. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, this is great. Every time I hire a VA to find more winning inventory, I make more money. So let's just keep hiring more VAs to help wow, me. And yeah. now they're running his whole system as well. So he's got a team. That's the, the guy using the Vietnam virtual assistants. That episode will be out soon, but 35 virtual assistants. That's incredible. He's making a few yeah. dollars per hour, running literally every aspect of his business, including managing his teams of VAs, right? He's just been very wow. systematic about it because again, he's he, he recognized that, that lever point. Like, wow, I can get the full, I can duplicate myself basically in this little part of my business for a few dollars per hour. Why not just go all in? And he did. <laughs> he's going really right. well. Right. So that's amazing. But you start with the people who are generating more revenue, not with the people who need a little of your revenue to keep your operation running, to free up your time. That's right. You know, make those hard hires first, I guess, is is a good way to say it. The people you got to really train and make sure they're bringing in the, you know, as as Dave Ramsey says, and that's where I heard this saying the first, you know, who who should I hire first in my business? He gives this advice to all businesses. When you first start, you're wearing all the hats. One point, like, I got no more time. This thing is not going to grow. Right. I am tapped out. Who do I go hire yes. first? Do I go hire someone to sweep the floors, to clean up after me, to do the stuff I don't like doing, the stuff that's not in my gift set, you know, the stuff that my personality just doesn't enjoy? Or do you go hire somebody that can make more money for your company? That's who you go hire. You go hire a sales rep. You go hire somebody to find more ASINs in our business, right? Right. Uh, that's good. Yeah. So right. I, I love and that we also, re-emphasized that. I think it's really going to help some people that we hit that so hard today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. Cause that's really, you know, where I feel like I can give the most value is discussing things that maybe didn't go so well for me, but somebody else can learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not afraid to to talk about that and give advice. And and I would also say don't be afraid to pivot. If you get yeah. too comfortable in one business model you might not be able to achieve all that is ahead of you. So, you know, if you're if you're stuck in RA, don't be afraid to try and dabble in some other things to expand your business. So pivoting for me to branded bundles was the best move. And I look forward to seeing where it goes from here. But just don't be afraid to pivot and try other models as well. Absolutely. Good advice. Yep. A lot of opportunity out there. Well, what about you, Elizabeth? Any any tips or any any other topics that you wanted to jump into? I would just say along with that pivoting and growing up the... Because you guys have like that little pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just don't let go of what was below. You know, as I go into branded bundles, I don't think I'm going to let go of my replens no, and that should. kind of stuff. Yeah. So... There's, there's actually some classic marketing advice that the first time I heard this story... It changed the way I think about business and and especially e-commerce. And the, basically the question was, I think it was a Dan Kennedy, he's a famous marketer and, uh, before e-commerce even. But he said, let's say that it costs, you know, every lead that you get, he was talking to salespeople, but this applies to our business and what you just said. Let's say that every qualified lead you get makes your company $20. And you've got an opportunity to spend 
$1 per lead, an opportunity to spend $5 per lead, an opportunity to spend $10 per lead. Remember, each of those leads is going to make you 20. Which one of those three do you pour your money into in order to generate those $20 net profit clients? The one, the five, or the $10 leads? And typically people will answer, well, you know, maybe the one, or I don't know, you know, the one and the five. And no, the answer is 100% without hesitation, all three. You max out the $1 leads, then you max out the five, then you max out the tens. You're making money on all of them. But you, you go after the low-hanging fruit and then you, right? So I've interpreted that over to this business of, and I've talked to so many people like, yeah, we used to do that and it was working well, but then we got excited about this. So we shut that off and now we're over here doing this instead and it's not going so great. Like, why did you turn that off? It was profitable. Put good systems and good people in place and in charge of keeping that machine running. That's how you build multiple income streams. Mm-hmm. And it's not you yeah. running around like a chicken with your head cut off, spinning all the plates. It's you putting good people in places in place and systems in place so you can step away. And then you check in and you monitor and you maintain a relationship with whoever's in charge of that process. But, and that's how I run my Amazon business. You know, if I I sell on Amazon, eBay, Facebook, Marketplace, all of them, I love it. I I love checking the numbers, Mm -hmm. but I've got good people in place. I don't have to be in the nuts and bolts of those businesses. I can be off doing other things, launching other income streams, putting good people in place. And those, Mm -hmm. I'm ultimately left doing only the things that only I can do. And that's a pretty short list with just about everything in any of these business models. I'm not the only right. one that could be prepping boxes. I'm not the only one that could be finding ASINs. I'm not the only one that could be checking my account health, especially when you got a pool of talent, three or $4 an hour, they're all in, live, eat, breathe, and sleep your business literally while you're sleeping because <laughs> they're in the <laughs> Philippines, right? <laughs> so it yeah, opens up right. a lot of, so yeah, so do not abandon what's working. You're like, oh, the margins are only 15%. Okay, turn it loose. Let go of it. Let it operate at 15% and go tack on some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Many businesses would drool over 15% net margins. <laughs> right. Especially if you're turning your money over multiple times per year, that 15% net margin turned over, let's say five or 10 times a year, that's an incredible return on investment over the course of yes. the year for your money. Right. So yes, I love that thought, Elizabeth. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Because sometimes when we talk about net margins, people think, oh, wow, I spent the whole year and I only made 15%. No, that money got turned over multiple times. Right. Yes. yes. And that's how I, I came out of, uh, you know, 2021 on that high of 25% net margin. And I was, you know, had false expectations that that would be easily, you know, maintained. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I did start to say, oh, wow, what happened? But it still was good. 18% is still really good. Yeah. And so uh, that's a good point to make, you know, 15% margin is phenomenal. And to be happy with that, that's wonderful to hear that, you know, that's still good. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's fantastic, especially when you're talking about taking very small risks, mm-hmm. make it happen. Your worst case scenario is your inventory sells for break even. You know, you, you go find new ASINs and it's just such a low risk business model. You stick to the rules, you know, never buy more than a month's worth of any inventory, inch deep, mile wide, diversify your, your risk across several ASINs. You're not launching a private label product that takes $50,000 of hoping that it works out someday and filling a garage. No, you're you're taking little risks along the way. Even the bundles that you talked about launching, Elizabeth, we didn't dive into it, but I'm sure you didn't make more than a handful when you launched these bundles. You didn't send in right. 800 units. You sent in no. three or four. Let's see how it goes. A very low expense. Right. Right? Yeah, you still have to test bundles because yep. test right. everything. Test yes. every ASIN, yep. even your own branded bundle. That's right. Yeah, test test very, very few units and just see how it goes. And sometimes it Mm -hmm. doesn't work out and that's okay Mm because you're testing small. I would say if anybody's interested in bundles, that the best thing and what I've done for my bundles is I created bundles out of products that already sell. The winners for me, the easy replans that have sold like crazy. Now I know that could be a phenomenal bundle. And that's the strategy I've used for my own bundles. Yeah, you can go into Amazon reports and say, okay, what has sold the best for me over the past six months, right? Just rank it out. Total dollars or total units or total sales per eyeballs, (laughs) you know? What's getting a lot of eyeballs? Sometimes 
the stuff that's getting a lot of eyeballs but not selling real great because there's a lot of competition, that's good. And, and Amazon will tell you that in the reports and the seller reports. You can see, okay, mm-hmm. what's getting a lot of attention? Which, which of my ASINs are getting the most clicks and views? That's right. a great place to start. Distinguish yourself because you know you've got a very high odds just by using the brand names involved in that product and that category mm-hmm. of product. There's going to be a lot of people just stumbling across it because it because it's smoking. It's flying off the shelves. It doesn't matter how you feel about it or what your instincts say or if you think it's a relevant product for the current mood of the culture. Like, no, no, that matter. Just use the math. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Exactly. Product is irrelevant. Right? Yes. What are people looking for? And Amazon right. will tell you that. Yeah. Have you dove, yep. ever dove into your uh, sales reports in that way and looked at some of the data they give you there? I think it's fascinating. The yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nathan Bailey from Humminbird gave us a recommendation on where to find some business reports and how to analyze those numbers. And mm-hmm. he's been a wealth of knowledge for us. And it's been really helpful to know where to go because sometimes in Seller Central, it's not very obvious where you're supposed to go to find these things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there, but you can click around and you're not going to break anything, you know, just right. yeah. look yeah. around, see what they got. And, and, uh, yeah, the data is fascinating. I love going in there and just sorting the columns. And mm-hmm. wow, had no idea that you know this product that we sell a couple times a week. There's thousands of people a day seeing that ASIN, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of sellers on it for good reason. That product is right. smoking. And, or if you know something gets a lot of drops on Keepa. Well, wow, there's something there. There's some potential there. I bet I could create a bundle out of that. You know, people who bought this also bought that. Create a bundle, put it under my branded label. Without any pay per click, you could just create a winner overnight with the right. bundle strategies. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of opportunity there. We're we're super excited and bullish, especially for people who have that five or ten thousand dollar minimum per month replens understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, start looking at some branded bundle. There's opportunity mm-hmm. there. I'm so glad we spent a lot of time on today's episode kind of hitting that theme because we have some great new content coming and we also already have the proven brand building module inside the proven Amazon course. Again, just to repeat myself, that is some great content to help you start to distinguish yourself, create your own ASINs with bundles. All right, so what else is on your guys' mind? Any questions for me or any any other tips? You guys have given some great tips today. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Do you have any tips on uh, whether you would recommend taking an Amazon loan versus opening another credit card? Because that's also on my on my mind of which one. I hear you know two different schools of thought on that. Mm-hmm. There was actually I haven't listened to the session yet, but I believe it was one of the sessions at our most recent proven conference talking about at least during the course of the session they talked about maxing out the use of free credit cards. To the point where there's there are students in our community that have more than 30 credit cards that they've opened. Oh, wow. With a great credit score, by the way, because they're paying yeah. it all off before it's due. Yeah. But they've got, depending on the day of the month, they've got a different credit card. And they're filling it up, turning it over, maxing out the points, maxing out, really tracking and digging into all that free money. If you've got a good credit score, there's a lot of free money available to you. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody rush out and do that because until you're predictably good at turning $10 into 20, you don't want to be out there maxing out a bunch of credit cards. That's not what I just said. But if it's inventory, you know you're going to have to buy anyway, and you're looking for additional lines of credit, max out what's available to you for free first. And then Amazon actually doesn't have that. You know, their offers aren't all that bad. Although I don't want people to make the mistake of, hey, this Amazon money gives me a little advantage. Amazon's going to like me more. They're less likely to suspend me now. No, that none of that's true. <laughs> Completely separate financing department from anything policy enforcement. It doesn't give you any advantages in the marketplace whatsoever to take a loan from them. 100% positive on that. So now they're competing with Great organizations like Me or Seven Figure Funding, some of the great sponsors of our show. There's all kinds of creative ways to find money out there. If you're good at turning $10 bills into $15 or $20, hey, you're going to have people that want to give you money. But I do like to see people use the free resources that are available to them first. You know, the you know, six-month no-interest credit card offer, right? And then once that's done and they tack on that 21% interest rate, eh, we're done with that one. <laughs> Don't want to risk <laughs> right. that. Cut it in yeah. half. Sign up for some others. Uh, people really do play that game at scale. And, you know, I don't, 
but there's people who do and they swear by it. Okay. So there's, you know, there's some free money out there. I really like Ekrumi and Seven Figure are two of the, they're very friendly in our community. They love our community for a reason. They understand our business models and you're kind of bringing on a bit of a partner when you work with them. Uh, okay. Um, if you go to silentgym.com slash funding, I believe is the link that will take you to Ekrumi. I like their offer. They'll give you $500. I don't know if they're still doing it or not. You might want to ask them before you sign up, but $500 on a gift card just for getting funding. And that's money for you. <laughs> like here's a pile right. of money that you can use for your business. And oh, by the way, here's $500. Thanks for signing up. So they've got some cool offers they do. And Seven Figure Funding has been working with us for a long time as well. I'll stick a link to them in the show notes too today for those who are interested. But uh, two really solid companies that they'll have a conversation with you and neither one of them use a credit check process. It's just, hey, how's your Amazon business doing? That's how mm-hmm. much money we can lend you. If you've got $50,000 of inventory sitting out there, we'll loan you money based on that. Almost consider it collateral, right? Uh, because we yeah. know there's value in that. Worst case scenario is you're going to sell that for at least what you paid. So you've got some collateral there. We'll loan you money mm-hmm. against that. And that's how those, those funding systems work quite often. So absolutely. If, if funding is what's holding you back, you're finding more valuable inventory than you can find the money. You know, there's lots of creative solutions. Even you know a family member or a friend who's got some money, you know that's a nice ROI. Anybody with money is looking for places to put it right now. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Especially there, there's never been as much money in circulation. It's kind of scary, actually. Eighty percent. I think yeah. it's like seventy, eighty percent of the money in circulation right now in the United States was printed in the last two to three years. Wow. Which that's, is that's crazy. crazy. There's a lot of money out there. It, it's right. hard to find places to put it to work. So if you've got a system that can put that money to work, there's no shortage of people ready to, to slide you some funds in hopes of uh, sharing in some of the benefit. Okay, great advice. Thank you. Yeah. That's just one of the one of the challenges I think when you're trying to ramp up your business and truly scale is making sure you know that you have if you want to purchase all this inventory, you have the funds available and that you're making smart choices with that funding, like you said. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really kind of fiscally conservative and financially conservative. So I just really am cautious about that. But I do realize in order to make these bigger steps, I do have to, you know, take some financial risks. Yeah. So yeah. Leveraging other people's money is the heart of capitalism. I've got an idea. You've got the cash. Let me do the work with the idea and I'll give you your cash back plus some later. That's capitalism, (laughs) right? It's putting other people, putting the available capital to work. Instead of yes. just letting it kind of sit around in piles. Hey, I'm the guy that can put it to work and turn it into more money. And that's what your business is. But yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to over leverage yourself. So if something does go wrong, it's the same reason we say don't buy more than a month's worth of inventory. And the pushback right. I get is, well, Jim, if I buy 10,000 units, I could save 30%. I'm like, but that's not a risk worth taking because even that 30% discount may not be enough to protect you from the other circumstances that could come along. Someone bigger than you buys 100,000 units for a fraction of what you just paid. Right. Right. So we take these small risks. Same thing with our use of leveraged cash credit. We want to take very, very small risks, weighed in nice and slow. Slow and steady wins the race. Wealth hastily gained soon departs. That's one of the proverbs, right? Like you want to be cautious how you approach these things but there's a lot of money available out there and there's no reason to shy away from using it if you're confident that you can turn it over and and still provide a nice net margin for you and the investor. Right. Or use that free money from credit cards and they get all those points. I'm taking my whole family plus, you know, spouses and everyone, we're using airline points. The card that we use to buy our inventory racks up so many points. We're all (laughs) flying for free. It's costing us like, $25 $25 a ticket for next vacation. That's nice. Great. That's awesome. Right? So if I, if I just paid cash, I, I'd be paying out of pocket, you know, seven, $8,000 to get us all where we're going. Like, you no, know, free airline miles, right? So take advantage of those kinds of things. It doesn't cost you anything to rack up those points, pay the card off on time. No reason not to for my vantage point. Sorry, Dave Ramsey listeners, but I love credit cards for inventory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, there's certainly a lot of benefits to having them. So, um, 
Yeah, that that's something to look into. I do have to do my research on those credit cards though and figure out which is the best. So that's the first step. But there's plenty of good information and... in the group. If you just type in that search, go to the Facebook group, silentgym.com, click on the Facebook group. I know you guys know this, but for the listeners, jump in 73,000 of us. The topic of credit cards comes up frequently and there's some really good ones. And a lot of people just kind of bounce from one to the next. Hey, if you if you use our card for three months and you buy at least $10,000, we'll give you $1,000. It's like, all right, I can do that in a week. Rack it right. up, pay it off, wait, the money rolls in, you know? Um, so take advantage of the special offers. If you keep your credit decent, man, the offers, right. the free money out there, I mean, really free money is not an exaggeration. They'll loan you money at zero interest. It's yeah. just everywhere. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. So yeah, proceed with caution and but and absolutely pay it off on time because that you oh, know, for sure. smoked fast on some of these. Yeah. Countries. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. I definitely don't want to have any interest accumulating on my cards for sure. It kind of takes you out of the game with your profit. It absolutely does. Yeah. So you proceed with caution. Yeah. I don't want anyone to interpret what we said today is like, hey, go buy as many credit cards as you can, sign up for them and max them all out with inventory. That is not what we said today for to be right. clear. <laughs> right. Proceed exactly. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.